three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter. Uh, Hope you guys are having a great weekend. Uh, And happy 4th of July. Well, early 4th of July. So, just to let you guys know, we will have a review up this weekend for Spider-Man Far From Home. And, yeah, it's actually the only new thing coming out. And then the weekend of the 14th, or of the 12th, pardon me. We'll have a review up for Stranger Things uh, 3 as well. So that'll be the, our big review that weekend. So uh, this review, though, I'm reviewing the very first Iron Man. Because with Spider-Man Far From Home coming out this weekend, I figured that this is that's going to be the 20... That's going to be the 23rd. Oh my god, there's been 23 of these Marvel movies. That's going to be the 23rd uh, film in the MCU. And as Kevin Feige, uh, Kevin Feige said... The end of the Infinity Saga, so I figured that we should uh, go back to the very first movie, which started this uh, this whole Infinity Saga, which is Iron Man, which of course was directed by one of my favorite directors working now, and I just I love seeing him act too in John Favreau uh, with a uh, uh, with a uh, Robert Downey Jr. of course starring as Tony Stark, Iron Man, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts. Uh, Terrence Howard for one movie, uh, starring as Colonel James Rhodes, and then you had uh, the dude himself, Jeff Bridges, as uh, Obadiah Stane. So, I wasn't a huge Iron Man comic reader, really, until I was about 18, and I really started kind of deep diving more into comics. Uh, One thing I don't think that fans who don't read comics uh, are aware of is that, you know, Robert Downey Jr., because he's just so fucking charming he does so much of his uh so much of him comes through in the character because you know you get that uh charisma you get you know a lot of the things that make tony stark tony stark uh the only real key difference is that uh tony stark in the comics is way more of an asshole and i have to give marvel credit for early on kind of acknowledging okay we need to take this guy this character in a different direction if he's going to be you know, profitable, because I think outside of comic book readers, if you had asked them, you know, back when this came out, if, uh, back in t- 2008, good grief, that's insane, May 2nd, 20, uh, 2008, but if you'd ask, you know, a normal, just a normal not comic book fan, uh, about Iron Man, they wouldn't be able to tell you anything about him, they wouldn't be able to go through his rogues gallery or anything like that, and so, this movie alone has made Iron Man the most profitable he's ever been right now. I mean, he's a household name. He's a A-level uh, Marvel character at a point where when this movie came out, he was maybe like a like a solid like a solid B card uh, comic pick character. But because of these films, and I'm actually a fan of all three. Uh, we have not reviewed Iron Man two, but. Uh, at some point, we'll get around to that. And if you've listened to our Iron Man 3 review, or haven't, you should, because we do a deep dive, me and Scott, on uh, what we enjoyed so much about that film. But I think the biggest problem with this movie is because we've had so much come out 
since this initial came out. You know, we've got Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther and Captain Marvel and everything in between. I think people forget how great this movie is because I'm sitting there watching Sophia and I just looked over at a point and went, this is like, this is paced so much better than I actually remember it being paced. And I haven't watched the original Iron Man probably in about a couple of years, probably two or three years. Um, it, it, it's been a long while. So it was cool to go back and watch this kind of with fresh eyes. And I will say still, one of my favorite movies Marvel's done. It, it, it's definitely my top 10, if not my top five. I just, I adore this movie so much. So Robert Downey Jr. of course plays Tony Stark. Oh, you know what? To throw this out there, in case you have not seen Endgame, because I am going to talk about Endgame a little bit here. I think I kind of need to for where uh, his story starts off and everything. If you've not seen Endgame, please, oh, please, just just pause this. Go watch Endgame. It's it's still out in theaters. And then come back. And, and then you can listen. If you're just... You need to know why I give this. Just just know it's a really high grade. And you should watch it. So, okay. Still here? Okay, perfect. So, Rob Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark. And he is basically James Bond, but he's a superhero. If you uh, go back and watch or listen to old uh, St. Lee interviews, he talked about how he was kind of going for... Uh, Kind of going for a Howard, uh, like going for a James Bond, that Howard Hughes sort of a uh, uh, character, and so he created him, you know, on a dare, basically. And go figure, look where we are now. But uh, RDJ plays Tony Stark, and he's just this this womanizing, uh, brilliant uh, scientist and uh, uh, weapons manufacturer. Who, of course, he's the figurehead, and you know, it's his company, Stark Industries. And something I think they do such a great job of getting across here, which is important because yeah, Tony Stark is many things. He's a womanizer, he's a he's an alcoholic, he's uh he's a sarcastic asshole at points. But his biggest weapon, and I think if you jump ahead to Iron Man three, that film does a really great job of it as well, like this one does. He's such an intelligent dude and he's just so able to take uh, he's like the coolest MacGyver ever. Like you watch him, and he's able to take these things that you don't think would fit together, and he makes it work. And it that really shows off in his escape from the cave, which I thought was just so wonderfully done. But uh, the movie here does a really great job of you not just loving Tony Stark before he even gets the suit, but showing that yeah, he's arrogant and everything, but he he does have this sort of I want to say if you call it a higher calling, but he does have this pride just in his in his work and in his intelligence. And his intelligence is what saves him here. I mean, the suit's great and all, and it, it looks wonderful, but, you know, if he doesn't get out of that cave, he's really SOL. And so uh, the movie does a really kind of a Deadpool-esque uh, sort of thing where it starts off in the... Uh, in the uh, in the past, essentially, or it will take right in the present, but then it takes a kind of a jump backwards to go ahead and fill you in on what happened a couple days prior him getting captured uh, by this uh, by this uh, terrorist group. So, movie starts off uh, Tony Stark being quippy as hell in this uh, Humvee or the, the the fun V as he calls it uh, with this uh, with these soldiers. Their uh, Humvee gets attacked. By this terrorist group in a very brutal scene, by the way. They just, uh, for being PG 13, they really do push the violence here. It's a little, uh, 
I mean, it's not as intense as Zero Dark Thirty, but definitely gave me that vibe. So Stark tries to get away one of these uh, missiles that he built, <laughs> that he helped design, ironically enough. Uh, goes ahead and explodes. Shrapnel gets put into his heart. He ends up getting saved uh, by a, a, a Jensen, uh, who was awesome. He was played by Sean, uh, I'm going to butcher your name, sir, I'm sorry, uh, Sean Tube. Uh, he was great in this. You don't get a lot of Jensen, but um, his relationship with Tony Stark, I thought was actually very fascinating, where, you, you know, Tony, he's being forced to go ahead and build these missiles after uh, after he's captured, and he's just kind of over, he's like, fuck, I'm gonna die here, this this is terrible, and Jensen is kind of kicking the ass to go, hey man, if you're gonna go down, you might as well go down swinging, which is a very fair point, so instead of building the missile, uh, the Jericho missile that they were instructed to build, they build the Mark One of the Iron Man suit, and just because I'm such a nerd, and I for some reason never noticed this when he starts creating the second version of the Iron Man suit I love that it says Mark II because straight out of the comics it's like ah oh, that's nice but uh he uh, goes ahead and escapes the cave uh he was in captivity for three months which um I have not shared my airport adventure we me and Alea were stuck there two days but thinking about three months being stuck in the airport or being stuck in a cave I think I'd rather take the cave at least you get some you know some outside but 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 it's a uh, but he goes ahead and gets back, uh, back, back to the states, um, and he throws this press conference. Which I was sitting here, uh, kind of thinking about. It. I'm trying to think of a tech company, uh, like, like I guess you could say Google. I mean, because you just have their hands in everything. It would be like if Google just said you couldn't search anything tomorrow. People would, people would lose their minds and go. Oh, I have to use Bing now? Oh, God. Like, like I was trying to think of an equivalent to that because he just comes out, basically buries his company and goes, hey, you know how we do weapons and that's the main thing we do? Yeah, so we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to shut that division down. And it's and it's really cool to see how the, the, the movie plays out like such a big deal because the press conference he has, everyone there is kind of like, what the hell just happened? And Obadiah rightfully so, is really freaking out, like, uh, alright, dude, what the hell are you doing? And I have to say, Jeff Bridges, you know, I know everyone thinks of him as a dude and laid back and everything, but he was so incredibly menacing in this movie, and I love seeing that side of Jeff Bridges. It really, I think it was a really good reminder that, hey, you know, I'm not just a dude, I can actually fucking act, I'm really good at my craft, and, uh, anytime him and uh, Robert and Jr. were on screen together, it's you know it's coming that Obadiah is clearly the one who ordered the hit, and that, that turn has to come at some point. But you do, it is cool to watch them just kind of, you know, that their father-son dynamic, and then when Obadiah inevitably makes the turn, it is like, damn, okay, you ordered a hit on your dead friend's kid that's really like oh that's that's really that's really fucking dark when you think about in those terms but i love seeing obadiah be uh, be that menacing and concerning this is first iron man movie going with iron uh iron monger as the first villain i didn't have a problem with that i'll get to that here in a bit but i was happy to see iron monger uh really just straight out of the comics just to look and everything i was like okay this is this is really cool uh, 
if you guys have listened to the podcast for a little while, you know I'm not the biggest fan of Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I, just, I just don't like her. Anytime I see her in interviews, she seems just overly bougie and just, just, just odd. Just very odd whenever I see her and stuff. The only things I like, the only role I really like her in is Pepper Potts. Because every time I see her play Pepper, I'm like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow seems nice. And then I have to remind myself she's probably not. But uh, it, it's... It's it's really interesting to see her relationship with Tony because I don't think I've ever seen Gwyneth Paltrow this confident in a role. Like her and RDJ, I don't know if it's just because he makes her feel comfortable or she, whatever it is, but their chemistry, it seems so fluid and it just seems so natural that whenever they're on screen together, you just go, golly, like it's, it's, it's really impressive between the two of them. It's, seen two great actors just bounce off each other like that and uh yes i i did just say Gwyneth Paltrow was a good actress i realized but you know hey shakespeare won love and oscar i mean and she was a big part of that but it is really cool to see her um relationship with tony but just also how much he needs her and the movie does a great job of going like yeah tony's got all this money and everything but if he doesn't have his inner circle around he'd be uh, royally screwed there's a great part where tony and her are dancing at this party or this gala and he goes like i don't think you could tie your shoes without me and he goes uh, i'd figure it out and she goes okay well uh what's your social security number and he just pauses and he goes uh five and i was like oh shit that's really bad so the movie like it's 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 done as a joke but it does illustrates the fact that you know she like he really doesn't need her and there's a great scene where he ends up changing his arc reactor out that he built and <coughs> and she he's making it sound like she's like he's gonna die if she screws this up and she, he's just he's being such a dick about it but it's such a cute scene and it's the first time you kind of feel like it might be a little flirty because she you know she kind of brushes she just kind of says something and he goes well you know i don't have anyone else really besides you and i was like oh okay that was surprisingly emotional i i appreciate that um it, it's a really cute scene and so when she is in danger later on you actually feel for tony you want him to go ahead and save her uh one of the unsung heroes about this movie uh, in this movie is uh is uh, clark Gregg. so i'm a huge clark Gregg fan if you haven't seen uh the to-do list uh, it's worth watching just for him alone. He is hilarious in that fucking movie. And uh, he actually wrote and directed his first film, I want to say maybe it was like five or maybe five or six years ago, called uh, called Trust Me, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, I, I feel like uh, not enough people saw that. that uh, wow, it was close, but six years ago. Um, I, I really am a huge fan of Clark Gregg, and if I ever meet him, I, I will bow at his feet because Clark Gregg, I know, you know, you have Captain America, you have Iron Man, and all these larger-than-life characters, but to have such an amazing avatar as a fan in Clark Gregg and what he did with the role of Agent Coulson and how they just gave him these little these little bits, you know? It's like, so, you know, playing baseball and you bring in a pinch hitter, uh, you know, pinch hitter, you know? You just, you, you expect them to go and deliver for you, and he just, he kept delivering. He was great in Iron Man. He was great in Thor. Um, he was great in Iron Man too. I, you know, and then Agents of Shield spawns off from all of uh, all of his uh, 
his roles and uh, his roles Colson and uh, I just I'm a huge huge fan of Clark Gregg and I'm so happy he got this role because apparently this was supposed to be a one off I can't remember if they're gonna write him off or if he's gonna get killed but they uh, they just uh, saw Clark Gregg on set and saw his chemistry and how he delivered everything and Favreau I guess really pushed for uh, Clark Gregg which. If that's, I believe I read that somewhere, which is, if that's the case, uh, Favreau, thank you, sir, because I, Clark Gregg has been absolutely amazing in this role. The other thing I do want to talk about when it comes to John Favreau, uh, you know, he's done a Jungle Book, uh, he's doing Lion King uh, here in the next next couple weeks. Um, I think people really forget with John Favreau, he had done really not a lot of directing. He did a he did a bad, uh, this movie called Bad Cop, Bad Cop, which is a TV movie. This other TV movie called uh, Smog. Those were in 90 and 99, uh, respectively. He directed an episode of Undeclared, which I love that show. And then he did, uh, he of course did Elf, which is an amazing movie. Uh, and then Zothra Space Adventure in 05. And that was really it. Favreau didn't have a lot of... Uh, director credits to his name, let alone working with something big budget like this, which I just, you know, you think about how how much of a leap this was, but I think people forget Favreau did Swingers, and Swingers is such a well-written, tight script, very, like, very, um, just snap dialogue, and it really shows in this movie in the way that everyone bounces off each other. Uh, Terrence Howard, who... Is is hit and miss for me. Admittedly, I don't watch Empire. Um, I I did love him in Hustle and Flow. Um, I've seen him and stuff, and I go, okay, man, like you, you're not bad. Um, I thought he was okay as Rudy, but yeah, I, I there's nothing about his performance that made me go like, oh, that sucks. He got replaced because, as we all know, he got replaced by Don Cheadle, which I was not mad at. You get you know a Golden Globe. Oscar-nominated actor, it, yeah, just it 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 worked out better <laughs> for uh, that we got Don Cheadle. Uh, but uh, his relationship with Tony is actually really cool because Tony does uh, Tony does kind of just treat him like crap sometimes because he's like, oh, it's my friend, I can kind of get away with it. But as the movie progresses, you do get uh, to see how the relationship grows and how much Tony does really respect. Rhodey, which I thought was really cool. Um, getting to the action of this movie, because that's that's something that this movie does so fucking well. The first time, when Tony escapes the cave, and uh, he's in basically like a mini Ironmonger costume, where he's just throwing the you know throwing these gunmen against the walls and uh, using these flamethrowers that he built. I was like, oh my god, this is great. Uh, the action flows so well. And then you get to the uh, the other big kind of one of the other big sequences where you see Tony starting to slowly build the suit and build the thrusters and the uh, you know the the uh, repulsors and all that. It's it's so cool seeing break everything down. But that first scene where he suits up in the Mark II and it's all chrome, uh, like yellow, like you know, uh, just yeah, just just standard yellow chrome, no bells or whistles or anything seeing him take flight for the first time is very reminiscent of uh spider-man where you see Tobey Maguire, you know climb uh climb the wall for the first time it's it reminded me a lot of that and i actually like this scene 
more personally. Uh, there's this point where Tony goes so high that the suit freezes, so he has to break uh, the ice off the suit, and he almost uh, <laughs> crashes like a bug, but he catches uh, the suit reboots just in time, and he flies past these cars mm -hmm. on this like busy uh, street in Malibu, and he just, you see him just laugh and smile. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. He's he's enjoying himself. I I, I love that scene. And then we get uh, we get a scene later where he goes and destroys these rogue uh, Jericho missiles um, that uh, that Leslie Bibb's character who <laughs> who Leslie Bibb in this movie she doesn't have a uh, she doesn't have a huge uh, role she plays that Christine Everhart who's works for I think they say Vanity Fair uh, yeah it was Vanity Fair and uh, she just comes up and starts talking shit to Tony Stark and Tony just just is smooth. She ended up sleeping with him. I was like, "Oh, Tony, you, you slide boots." Uh, it's, it's a really funny scene. But she kind of, you know, talks about how he's, you know, basically flaming the, uh, fa uh, fanning the flames. There we go, of uh, of war through his, uh, through what Stark Industries does. And she starts off like really just kind of giving it to him, and then uh, he returns to the favor, I was like, oh, Tony, you're great, but it's, it's funny how that whole scene breaks down, but she ends up becoming so, uh, surprisingly vital later, where she calls him out again and goes, look, your company's dealing under the table, and that's when you find out that, you know, Obadiah's been trying to, uh, get Tony kicked off the board so he can take over Stark Industries, and that's what leads to the big scene worth him in the Mark II proper with the uh, red and gold for the Iron Man armor. It's a really cool scene. It just shows all the different uh, aspects of the suit. It has like little like shoulder missiles that he uses to disarm these people who are uh, uh, those terrorists who are holding uh, people in this town hostage like at gunpoint. Uh, he uses those missiles which I thought was badass. Uh, he gets shot out of the sky by a tank and just has this little missile on his arm, shoots it. You hear the ping off the tank and then it just explodes. I went, yep, this movie's great. Uh, the one fight scene or the one action scene I wasn't super crazy about, but I will say I liked it more this time around watching it, is the last fight scene. So we get, we get Obadiah and Tony, you know, basically fighting each other in their own versions of the... Iron Man armor, and I don't know, the fight just, it didn't feel as hard-hitting uh, as other fights in the MCU have, have been. I do like it more than the last time I remember watching it, so I mean, I, I guess I have to kind of give it that, but I thought it was just good, not great, and that kind of made me go like, oh, alright, but to be completely honest, that, that happens... And I, maybe I'm just kind of jaded to it. That happens so much. I'm just kind of like, uh, all right. But also, if that's the one flaw I have in the movie, I thought all the tension for it was really well done, um, especially with the part where we were fighting on the roof uh, near the end. Uh, I thought that was all great, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of the beginning part of the fight. So it started, it, it ended strong, but it started off a little slow. But um, honestly, that is my one complaint about this movie. Uh, I, I was uh, when I was talking to Alea earlier. It was funny. I was showing her this article where Jeff Bridges confirmed that they they didn't even have the script fully done when they were on set. Like they would be in uh, each other's trailers, like with the writers on the phone, like piecing together scenes. And 
when I read that again today, I just thought, God, it makes me hate Dark Phoenix even more that they had writers on set and couldn't get their shit right. So uh, the fact that Favreau was able to pull this all together, um, he fought for Robert Downey Jr. too. He said that uh, Robert Downey Jr. at that time, you know, we talked about what a you know, how he's risen like a phoenix and it's been this amazing, you know, redemption story. I'm almost remember when Robert Downey Jr. was getting thrown in jail, it seemed like every other week. I remember he was on, uh, he was on Ally McBeal and he was great, great on there. I think it was season three or four, but he, uh, he was on Ally McBeal and they had to rewrite the whole season finale because he got arrested like three weeks before the finale was supposed to air. So, um, it, it's crazy in the best way that Rob Downey Jr. pulled himself together and, you know, and really uh, he puts so, gives so much of that credit to uh, Susan Downey, uh, uh, his wife. Um, it it really shows how much this man cares about this character because, I mean, he's put so much of himself into the character and clearly cares about getting the character right, which as a fan just makes me love Rob Downey Jr. even more. Um, he's great in this. He's the best thing about this. If uh, It's crazy to think that Tom Cruise was almost Iron Man, which just, like, even saying that out loud made me kind of queasy. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that now, because you can't imagine anyone else uh, playing, uh, playing, playing Rob Downey Jr. I will say it does feel like it's Tony Stark playing Rob Downey Jr. at this point, not the other way around. Whenever I see... Uh, whenever I see him in interviews, I just go, God, he's totally, Iron he's totally Iron Man. I don't believe he's Rob Downey Jr. anymore. But um, it's it's such a cool, it's such a great movie, and it's got one of the best mid credits in sequence uh, in scenes I've ever seen. Where so it's really funny that me and Colin went and saw uh, Endgame together, you know, kind of, and we're gonna go see Far From Home together uh, here this weekend. Uh, to even further close the loop on this uh, Infinity Saga, but me and Colin went and saw Iron Man together, um, like that next week it came, after it came out for my birthday, which was really awesome. Uh, we went and saw it together, and I remember when uh, Agent Coulson at a point says, "You know, just call a Shield uh, to uh, to Pepper." I went, "Oh my God! Oh my God!" And people around me are like, "Why are you freaking out?" And in my head, I'm just sitting there judging all of them it's like you've never read a comic you son of like i was so i was so mad no one else was excited about this as i was so i'd explain to colin after the movie he's like oh shit because then of course you know you get nick fury which samuel jackson just god damn it i love that man but seeing him as nick fury you know dropped the big dropped a big line you know i'm here to talk to you about the avenger initiative and that blew my mind because I didn't think we'd ever get an Avengers movie. Now we've got four of them, which, yeah, go figure, right? But Iron Man is such a great movie. Everyone really did. It, everyone filled the role perfectly. Um, outside of my one mild complaint about the uh, about the end fight, honestly, I, I, looking at everything else, the way the movie ends with him saying, "I, I, uh, I am Iron Man." And how in Endgame, you know, his last words are, I am Iron Man. Which I just, gave me chills when he said it. Because I went, oh my god, those are his last words, son of a bitch. It it ties his loop so together so perfectly. I, there, there's no better way that character could have went out by saving the world. And it, 
I'll, it, it's funny to me too that uh, Jensen goes ahead, you know, sacrifices Stark uh, himself for Stark uh, because he's very uh, uh, important as far as uh, helping him build the Iron Man suit and everything, and you know, translating for him and all that. How he sacrificed himself to save Tony, and how Tony sacrifices himself to, you know, with the snap uh, to save the world. I just I found that so incredibly beautifully poet, uh, poetic. Uh, God, I, I, I really have more admiration for this film after watching everything else that's come after it. Because you realize that, you know, as the Chris Hemsworth has said multiple times, you know, RDJ, he's the godfather of MCU. There is no Black Panther. There is no Captain Marvel. There is no uh, Doctor Strange. There's, there's nothing else if this doesn't come out and just blow away expectations like it did. So, I have so much admiration for this movie. Absolutely love it. Uh, it is a fan-fucking-tastic of the highest degree. And, uh, fun fact, even though it totally breaks the timeline, uh, in Iron Man 2, when that robot's about to kill that little kid who's in the Iron Man mask, that is Peter Parker. That is confirmed to be canon, the more you know. So, uh, guys, speaking of Peter Parker, we will have that review up uh, next weekend for Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm seeing it on Saturday with a little group. I'm so excited for that. Um, oh, so excited. For, so excited for Spider-Man. Ah, it's going to be so much fun. Um, but, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First, And you can follow Colin on Twitter at The Real, that's R-E-E-L, O'Neal. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Please don't forget to check out our sponsor. Show them some love. That's uh, Statgeist Studio. You can find them on Instagram at Statgeist. That's S T A D G E I S T dot studio. And use the code REALP. That's R E E L P 2019 for 10% off your order. That code is going to be changing here in the next week or so. So go ahead and use that now. But we'll have the new code for you guys uh, for Far From Home. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>